Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. Today we are actually not going for a run. I posted the final run of the RRCA Start to Run program yesterday. And last week I did a live Facebook audio run that completed our training with a 30-minute straight run. I had a lot of fun putting these podcast episodes together with the different runs. And even though I had long silences where I edited out my Uh, blowing my nose or dealt with errant clothing pieces that were banging around on the mic or even heavy winds. I hope that those of you who use the Start to Run program were able to run with me and learn a bit about running in the process as I talked through all of these runs. I'm going to take some of the concepts that I talked about and expand on them a bit and today we are going to be diving into RPE or rate of perceived effort or exertion. Because today's episode is being sponsored, uh, there's an ad in the middle of it. And I kind of go into a little bit of a rant about some things (laughs) before I go into how I use RPE for myself. Uh, I don't want people to think that I do this rant and then there's nothing. So after the ad, I do get into how I use RPE. So there, you know, there are, there is an explanation to it, but I do go in kind of a rant right before the ad in the middle of the podcast. So just so you know that. So this is a scale that runners, personal trainers, and other athletic coaches and athletes use to subjectively rate how they're feeling during a training session. So no matter what your training or coach is telling you that you should be feeling, for example, let's say that you have a 10 minute per mile easy run to perform. If you're sick or hot or overtraining that particular day, it may feel more like a six on a scale of one to 10 when it should feel like a three or a four if it's supposed to be an easy run. So there are various charts online that you can refer to and I'll link to some of those in the show notes. But basically the scale goes from lower numbers equal lower intensities up to 10, which is 100% intensity and that you can only run for like a few seconds. So we're gonna go over the scale first and then I'm gonna talk about some ways to apply the scale to your training. So your level one or two or maybe even a three effort is going to be very slow. Too slow, actually, for a lot of you, uh, it can be uncomfortable. It's not unusual to feel like you're actually exerting a lot of effort to try and run too slow because you're holding back a lot. So this is your warm-up level, and I use a level two also for my recovery runs. And your cooldowns will be in this range, too. You're cooling your body and getting back to normal. So sometimes to get this tour one or two, you're actually going to need to walk. Now, a side note is there's actually some debate going on in the running world on whether a cool down is necessary or even detrimental, but the jury is very much out on that still. So I'm going to keep on cooling down um, because I actually like to and look forward to a slow jog at the end of my runs, especially if it's a harder session. 
Now, the easy and long run is going to be at a three or a four. You're working, but you can talk in full sentences. You're building up your endurance during these runs, which is why the scale can be useful for those of you who may run your easy runs too hard. The things that happen in our bodies during easy runs don't happen if we push them harder than we should during these runs. Now, this is where I need to improve for my marathon training because I have focused way too much in the past on speed instead of endurance. And so this next training cycle, when I start training for my next marathon, I want to build up my endurance for the marathon and not focus so much on speed. So level five and six are more medium runs. You're going to be doing your marathon or half marathon pace usually, maybe tempo work in the level six, heading towards level seven. Now keep in mind different coaches and running philosophies and charts and ratings and things. They're going to have some of these runs at different levels on the scale, which is why I'm going to uh, send you to some different ones so that you can see how others are putting these runs um, for the RPE scale. Now, all of these scales are based on a Borg scale, which was originally was what the scale uh, had started at. And that was like a six to 20 number range. But I think for most of us, we find scaling things from one to 10 easier. So that's the scale that most of us use. So intervals, especially for those of you who do more speed work for shorter runs or races, you're going to be in the seven and eight level runs for your hard runs. So that's also going to include threshold runs. Now, level nine is for sprint work and VO2 max work. These are very, very hard, as you can imagine. Lots of rest in between efforts, getting your heart rate back down to normal, back down to feeling like uh, you're recovered. And at the end of a level nine workout, you're, you know, you're whooped. <laughs> you're, you're basically done. And level 10 is an all-out sprint for your life. I've seen it talked about as if you're being chased by a bear. So these workouts, or if you, you know, sprints, they can only last for seconds, not minutes. Okay, so how to use RPE in your training now that you have an idea of what the scale means as far as various runs. Now, I'm going to say up front, I have a love-hate with RPE just because of what's going on in the running world with it right now. I know it's useful. I use it in training and I use it with my clients after I give them an understanding of what it is. But when I look around at Instagram, I'm not on TikTok, but my understanding is it's all over in, uh, TikTok as well. It's kind of reached bandwagon status in the influencer running community. And that kind of drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, there are some out there who have elevated RPE almost to the only way to run instead of using it as a tool amongst other tools in your running toolbox. If you are always only running by one method, then you're missing out on valuable information and training to make you an all around good runner. So RPE is more than a cool infographic on Instagram and my fear with this and other bandwagons is that runners are only following 
little blurbs that can be scrolled through on social media and they come away with a very basic understanding of what something is instead of everything that goes into it. So some, and I am not talking about everybody or every time you see something on RPE that it's wrong or anything like that, but some influencers make it seem like if you are a, uh, I'm just going to throw out a number, like you're a two hour and 45 minute half marathoner, that all you need to do is run by feel at a level two or three and you're just going to run a sub two hour half marathon the next time around, okay? So I'm simplifying things quite a bit but if you unless you're an outlier that is probably not going to happen and what I'm seeing over and over again is something on social media is being touted as the only way to run and if you're seeing that that is probably not true now I've been running for almost two decades and I can tell you that in running just like everything else, there's always a flavor of the month. And what happens is a few influential, and by influential, I mean social media influential, they pick up on a concept and they start talking a lot about it. And then that leads to others doing the same thing. They'll say, oh, this person's showing this and this person's showing this and this person's showing this. So I have to show this. And it just leads to a lot of other influencers liking and then posting their own version of it and then quote unquote impressing people who aren't the ones that you really should be trying to impress. Um, you know, you're impressing people who know all about running. So yeah, if you see just a single sentence about something, if you know about running, then you know the things behind it and behind those concepts. And so you can like it but I feel like those who don't know as much about the nuances that come with that knowledge are kind of getting lost in this influencer shuffle here, okay? So I want to say in addition to all of this is that there are a lot of runners and coaches who do use the platforms appropriately. And sometimes you'll see like uh, an Instagram post and then in the comments section there'll be a really long explanation about what people are talking about so the, that's not what I'm kind of ranting about right now uh, those are very informative and I follow some people on Instagram who really do a great job of you know getting down to the nitty-gritty and actually explaining some of the things that they're talking about. So it, if you're one of those people or you follow people like that, that is not what I'm talking about. There are some really good quality people out there who are putting information out. I'm talking about, you know, two sentences about a certain running topic and that's it. You don't get anything else but that. And now... What I'm not saying is there are no benefits to RPE. Like I said before, I do use it, and I think it is absolutely beneficial. And there is science behind it, and there is also experiences behind using it to get better. So I don't want you to take away the wrong thing from this at all. I just want you to be aware that what you see in an infographic or video about anything is a jumping off point for you to research whatever someone is touting as the next big thing. So just don't jump on bandwagons. 
use what you're seeing as an opportunity to learn more and then add those tools to your running box. So I'm going to link you into the show notes to some good articles on using RPE so that you have everything that you need to start incorporating it into your own training. Now, here's a word from our sponsor, The Amino Company. Today is brought to you by Perform. Achieving your body's peak muscle response is crucial for maximum athletic performance. I am so glad that I found The Amino Company. They offer a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formula called Perform that helps build your endurance and prepares you for harder workouts. Perform has been scientifically proven to improve muscle performance, reduce fatigue and recovery times, and increase the benefits from those workouts. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com WR30. Perform has been my go-to pre-run fuel source for a couple of months. Because I usually run or work out early in the morning, putting together and then eating a full meal is not something that is convenient. I can keep my pre-made pink lemonade Perform in a water bottle next to my bed and drink it as soon as I wake up so that the benefits of having a pre-run snack kick in as I get ready to go out the door. I'm very careful about the kinds of things that I put in my body and I'm also careful about accepting the offers from companies that have wanted to partner with me over the years. I'm happy that I found a product that I use and like and can introduce to all of you. In Amino Company's clinical trials, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than doubled by using Perform. Perform was created by Dr. Robert Wolf. As a former Harvard professor and competitive athlete, He has completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. And right now, when you visit aminoco.com WR30 and use the discount code WR30 at checkout, you can get 30% off and get a free gift with each new purchase. So, <laughs> that rant is over, and so... All that being said, you can use RPE for a variety of different runs to be beneficial to you. Now, I like, for example, when I'm running a recovery run, I exclusively use RPE. The physiological changes that I want from a slow recovery run aren't going to happen if I run it too hard or too fast. So even if I know what my pace, quote unquote, should be, based on running calculators, I need to run a recovery run low and slow. So if I'm tired or it's hot or if I'm sick or if I'm just not feeling it that day, I am better off running by feel instead of trying to hit a certain pace on that particular run in order to aid in my recovery, which is going to take me to the next level. Now I also do an easy run. I do one easy run every week solely by RPE. And then I take those paces and I compare that to my easy RP runs in the you know past few weeks, say next, the last week, week before that, even three weeks ago. So if I'm showing that I'm slowing down in those paces when I go back and look at my data, that is a big red flag for me and for everybody, of overtraining. And if I start overtraining, it leads to burnout really quickly for me. 
and I might not even know that it's happening, especially if I'm trying to run every easy run by pace because I'm psychologically trying to keep up with that pace that I know should be my easy run and may not be aware that I'm actually running harder than I should. So if you're running your easy runs too fast, even if you're on your easy pace, you can still be running that too hard for an easy run. So RPE can give you and me a true picture of whether I'm currently at the same fitness level as I was for my last race, which is what pace calculators are based on. If I'm consistently running slower in my RPE runs than my paced runs for easy runs, I know that I need to start backing off of what my pace is for my easy runs and then build back up to the paces that I was at before. So running where you're at is very important in training and RPE can show you that you need some more buildup work to do than you may think you do if you just base your pace on the last race that you ran. Also, I look, can look at my fueling surrounding my easy runs if my RPE is going down, if my paces uh, are slower than last week or the week before, I do look at my fueling and make sure that I'm not under fueling because for me, that is also a big thing that I need to help with making my my running more efficient. Another great way to use RPE is if you're having an off day for whatever reason. So there are many factors that affect where a run feels, whether it feels like a two or a four or a seven, like whether you're running on the road or in the woods, that can be different. Whether you're sick, whether you're fueling enough and the outdoor temperature also has an effect on your running. So if you are only running by pace, what happens when you aren't hitting your paces for a particular workout? It, and that could be either easy or one of your faster runs. The inclination for a lot of people is just to quit, just to stop the run, you're done, you're having a bad day. But by using the RPE scale, you can still get your workout in. You're just running by feel instead of a particular pace. So my husband Dave uses this a lot in the summer. He knows the purpose of a run before he heads out, but if he's experiencing the effects of a, a hotter than usual day, it's actually dangerous for him to try and keep up a, a pace, even on an easy run. So he'll switch to RPE. So that might mean a lot of walk break. It can mean stopping, uh, even if a slow jog is feeling hard. But his personality is such that even if he's suffering, he used to try and keep up his pace on an easy run, which means that it's not easy and it's not benefiting him. With RPE, he can run the way he's feeling for that easy run, which can help him go longer and still feel like he's got his workout in instead of just quitting if that pace isn't what he thinks he should be doing. So if you're feeling off and you're not injured, but maybe you have too much fatigue in your legs, for example, you can still get speed work in by running at a six or seven for your tempo, even if you're not running a particular pace. Now, under extreme conditions like really hot summer days, that is a totally different thing and I am not talking about running by RPE, you know, through the heat. 
you can still get dehydrated, you can still have heat stroke, and no matter whether you're running at a two or your pace or whatever, all that stuff can still happen. So I'm just talking about you're having an off day or there's some extra fatigue in your legs. You can still get your workout in by using RPE instead of paces. And I also am not talking about using RPE to run through an injury. All those things, you know, you need rest days, recovery days, days that maybe you run on a treadmill instead of outside if it's too hot. So I'm talking about smart training and still being able to get your training in by not being so married to paces. Now, you can exclusively use RPE for sure. If you want to improve your running and you're not chasing a time goal for a race or something like that, you can absolutely run all your runs by feel. Now, you're probably going to run faster if you do race. And if you run 80% of your runs at the 2, 3, or 4 level, and then 20% at the 7 to 9 level, you are probably going to find that you are going to get faster. You're also going to learn what your body feels like at those different intensities and also how long you can go. So if you are in a race and you feel like you're running a six that day and you know that you can run at an eight for a while, you're not likely to crash and burn provided you're well-fueled and it's not too hot and so on. And so you can pick up the pace and you're going to have the confidence to be able to do that. Those of you who are beginners, at the start, every run is probably going to feel hard. You're probably going to feel like you're at a six or a seven. So you're going to have to run a bit before you can say that this run was easy or this one was hard and fast. But don't get discouraged with that. Just keep running. And as you do, you will start to be able to judge your runs on the scale as well. And those of you who are older and you've been running a while, maybe you will find that running by RPE gives you the changes in intensity that you're after without worrying about what you were able to do 10 years ago pace-wise. So my intention as I get older is to use RPE and continue to run easy and hard for my lifetime when the paces that I'm running now start to wane. So I like a quote from Megan Roach, who is a clinical researcher at Stanford University, and in an article from Runner's World, this is what she says about RPE. It's not a number that you should be using in isolation to dictate a training plan, but it's something that can better inform your training so that you can be more efficient and optimize your workouts. And that is how I feel about running tools in general. There is no one magic formula and our own individual science mixes with the ever-changing science of running. So use everything in your toolbox. Don't jump on single bandwagons and learn as much as you can to develop how your brain and your body likes to train. Because if you aren't being paid to run, which is like most of us, it better be fun. Next week, I'm going to be talking about building confidence as a runner. The more you know, the more confident you will be. For some of you, getting out the door can be a struggle if you think the whole world is watching what you're doing, and the fear of doing it wrong can hold us back significantly. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. 
The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once a month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will of course link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening and I'll see you on the run.